Well, here we go. This week is the week. Hold on to your butts. It's going to be a a crazy news week and political season. Actually, I don't think Donald Trump turning himself in on Tuesday in a Manhattan courtroom is is going to be the crazy spectacle that we originally thought it was going to be uh, about two weeks ago when he posted about it on his Truth Social page. Uh, But we learned about the indictment that came down. Uh, It it was over 30 counts on Friday, and we still don't know exactly what's in it. It'll probably be unsealed on Tuesday when Donald Trump does turn himself in, but um, we we, we, we can pretty much guess an educated guess that it has something to do with alleged hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels back uh, just before the 2016 campaign um, for an alleged uh, affair that they had a a decade earlier. And he's already sowing doubt uh, preemptively, which which is what he does. I mean, he did it ahead of the uh, 2020 election back in July, I think it was July before even uh, the general election. Um, there were still primaries. He was the uh, he, he obviously he was the incumbent, so um, he he knew that he was running uh, for re-election on the Republican side. But back in July of 2020, uh, Donald Trump was already saying that the uh, election was rigged, that mail-in voting um, was compromising. Uh, election integrity, and lo and behold, after he lost, he kept pounding that drum, and then we saw what happened on January 6th. Well, he's doing this again. He's saying, uh, he posted on True Social over the weekend that the judge overseeing this case, Juan Mershon, hates him. I guess the two of them have had uh, some history in the past, which is pretty hard to do since Donald Trump had 4,500 court cases he was involved with before he even ran in 2016 and judge Mershon um, has been on the bench in his current position back in 2015. This caused um, Joe Tacopino, um, Trump's new lawyer, at least new to us. Trump goes through a lot of lawyers. Uh, he had to go on the Sunday morning uh, cable shows. Pardon me. Don't drink pop before broadcasting, by the way, uh, Joe Tacopino, Trump's new lawyer went on the uh, cable news shows this weekend and he kind of had to do damage control and he was saying that uh, ju- uh, Judge Mershon is is going to give Trump a fair trial and that he doesn't hate Donald Trump, which he has to because, I, I, I mean, Donald Trump putting it out there that the judge hates him and that the judge is going to be biased makes it harder for Joe Tacopino to do his job because he's Trump's lawyer and, uh, you know, I'm no... I'm no lawyer or judge, uh, nor have I ever set foot in a uh, inside a, a a a law school. But I would imagine that if your client is already out there popping off about the judge, that's going to make your job um, defending your client a, a little more difficult. And since Friday, I've been hearing a lot of people say that they would be hesitant to charge a former president for, or I'm sorry, to indict a former president for this because he's a former president. Donald Trump's a former president. And my question is, well, what if he's guilty? If he's guilty, should we 
let him off with a pass because it would be uh, too, quote-unquote, divisive, or that a Republican uh, prosecutor out there could do the same thing to a Democrat once uh, Joe Biden's out of office? Should a, a possibility of someone's bad behavior in the future excuse a bad bad behavior of the past and in the present? Now, if you were to come up to me and say, hey, Mike, I, I think Donald Trump is, is innocent in this, or you say, hey, Mike, uh, he might be guilty of, of falsifying business records in a, in a hush money payoff, but usually when people are found guilty of this, they just kind of get a slap on their wrist. I can buy that. I can buy that because I think that Donald Trump or Bill Clinton or, or, or George W. Bush or uh, in the future Joe Biden, I think everybody should be treated equal under the eyes of the law. And if this is a ticky-tack charge that nobody ever goes down for, well, then Donald Trump should uh, should walk uh, in that case as well. But I can't. I, I just don't understand the logic of saying, well, if Donald Trump is guilty of a felony, um, you shouldn't indict him because it, it could be very politically divisive. I mean, to me, that sounds like a king. And last I checked... Uh, Americans don't really like having monarchies in charge, but but that's just me. But, you know, Donald Trump, he is not one to waste a political opportunity. Um, he is going to make a speech Tuesday night, and I'm sure it's going to be raucous. I'm sure that uh, it's going to raise a lot of money, and I'm sure that it's going to continue to uh, drive up his poll numbers. And I'm sure that Ron DeSantis is really sad because he did not get to have his little uh, his little political standoff um, with the feds in Florida, extra, refusing to let them extradite Donald Trump because Donald Trump's going to turn himself in. There's no way in hell Donald Trump would let Ron DeSantis play hero like that. I mean, Ron DeSantis, he, he, he's essentially that guy who carries a rifle on public property, and then when the police ask him to leave, he films him for his patriot.blogspot war eagle YouTube page saying that his rights are being infringed when police are just asking him to leave because he's freaking anyone out. Anyway, so uh, at this point, at this point, that's all political theater and all politics are theater anyway. Uh, or they're sports. Politics are, are politics theater or are they sports? Um, the NCAA basketball tournament is coming to an end. Um, I'll be interested to see the men's Final Four ratings. The women's Final Four ratings uh, came out, and Iowa versus South Carolina had 5.5 million views. Um, that was still behind men's Elite Eight games, which were uh, down from uh, a year before, but they were still at about 11 million viewers per game. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what the men's numbers are, but um, it seems like... There uh, wasn't a whole lot of interest in the men's Final Four because um, the only two schools that people have heard of, UConn, which uh, which is a, a recognizable basketball brand, and Miami, who most people remember uh, for being good in football back in the 90s. Um, now, of course, um, it, it seemed like Although uh, Lamont Butler hit that uh, legit buzzer beater over FAU on Saturday night, there was still very little intrigue or drama 
surrounding this this uh, this round. And that's no disrespect to Lamont Butler. That was an amazing play. And he's got a great backstory. He lost his sister 14 months ago. And obviously he felt like she was there with him when he made that shot. But for the most part, San Diego State versus FAU and UConn versus Miami didn't really generate a whole bunch of interest. Um, you know, these upsets are great on on opening weekend in the round of 64 and 32, but once you get to Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, you want to you want to start seeing the blue bloods or at least the recognizable brands that you know play. And really to be honest, coming into this weekend, the biggest star in college basketball was not playing in the men's tournament. She was playing in the women's tournament, and that was uh, Iowa's Caitlin Clark, um, who has a, a big NIL deal, and she has she she really has been the biggest name this March. And that leads me to believe that NIL, if there is a a a, a college sport that's going to benefit the most um, from NIL. It's it's women's basketball because Caitlin Clark has become a bona fide star as you hear my dog whining upstairs. And and people were tuning in to watch her. And her team obviously did not fare well against LSU, but people were tuning in to watch her play. But it's it's what happened after the game that that's starting to make me think that women's basketball is is gaining traction. And that, that was this little mini feud between Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese of, of the national championship winning LSU. Caitlin Clark has been doing this kind of John Cena uh, uh, gesture all tournament long, the, the you can't see me, where she puts her, uh, puts her hand in front of her face. And uh, the folks at LSU, after the game, uh, they took exception to that. Also... There, there was some talk about LSU. I'm sorry, Iowa saying that they weren't going to defend LSU the same way they they did against uh, was it North Carolina or South Carolina? It was uh, ah, it was uh, God, who's the the coach of that? Hold on, Iowa Final Four. So yeah, Iowa said that they were not going to. Where's the dang freaking? South Carolina. Okay. So LSU, uh, Iowa said that they were not going to play uh, defense against LSU the same way they did against North Carolina. And LSU, obviously, um, took exception to that. So after the game, Angel Reese kind of found Caitlin Clark on the floor, and she did the John Cena, you can't see me thing in front of her own face and pointed to her ring finger saying that she won. And afterwards, there was some controversy. People thought that Angel Reese was being classless and this reflected bad on the women's game. This is great for the women's game. It's great for the women's game because the game doesn't actually... The game's not built on the game itself. It hasn't been... Uh, no, nobody's talked about the games um, for 15 years. These games don't get built on, on what happens on the court these games are, are, are built and they're grown and the fan bases and the intrigue is built by stars and storylines. That star is Caitlin Clark. And the storyline is Angel Reese talking her trash. I mean, after the game, it, it, if, if the game would have ended with no incident, 
would have been, oh, congratulations to LSU, and, and, and we would have stopped talking about it. But now, now there's a storyline. There's a beef. There's a villain. There's a star. And, you know, that gave that game mileage for hours and hours after the game, just like the men's game. I, I, I mean, I think part of the reason people aren't watching the, the men's tournament this year is, A, um, yeah, upsets are nice and uh, and Cinderella stories are nice in the first two rounds, but eventually get to a point, who who are these teams? And and, and there's no one on, on any of these teams people are tuning in to watch. There's no Zion Williamson. There's no Anthony Davis because a lot of these one-and-done superstars, they have the option to go play in a professional league for one year before they join the NBA. So there's no there, there there's no stars that people are watching, tuning in for in the men's game, but they're tuning in for Caitlin Clark, and now she's involved in a storyline. And I don't think she really retaliated; she just kind of walked off the floor while Angel Reese was was you know talking her mess. However, I think this is great for the women's game because trash talk, personalities. You have Dennis Rodmans, you have Draymond Greens, you got people who aren't afraid to talk a little trash and get people riled up, and and, and that's what generates interest in the game, not the games itself, unfortunately. Um, got a little time left here. Uh, sad day for the Golden Arches. McDonald's is closing its offices for a few days today, announcing layoffs. And uh, I have to be honest... I have no idea how modern McDonald's works. I mean, they've all redone their lobbies, so there's like a little cash, there's a cash register, a bunch of kiosks, and like racks to to get your mobile orders or your door dashes off. You walk in, there's nobody, there's nobody at the front, there's nobody at the front like directing traffic or greeting you. And there's a bunch of people in the back just fighting for their lives. So I hope that McDonald's can get it together here. I know they're really trying to retool for this new autonomous future. But in the meantime, it's causing a lot of confusion. And I hope that uh, if these layoffs are, uh, are, are for white collar workers, they invest some of that money that they're saving into the store employees and making those run smoother because, um, like I said, those people are, uh, there, there's, there's more people working. There's less people working up front and still they seem understaffed and overworked. And that's not, that's not a knock against the people working at McDonald's. That's a knock against, um, management for not having this thing, uh, up and running in, in, as a fine oiled machine as it should. And that might come all the way up up from corporate. I don't know. Um, before I leave you, <laughs> I want to leave you with the headline of the day. It comes from Business Insider. It reads, Joe Exotic welcomed a newly indicted Trump to the party of presidential candidates charged with crimes. We truly are living in a simulation, folks. <laughs>